How many of you here today are parents? Any parents here today? Um, apparently a lot. Um, thank you. Sorry. I didn't do that in the first service. I was just trying, trying that out. Um, how many of you uh, have a parent of some kind or another or had a parent? Okay. So, so parent, parents, uh, we, all, we have some connection there. Uh, my, my wife and I took our kids to see a movie a few weeks ago. And the thing about parenting is, you know, there are a lot of unwritten parenting rules, you know, that nobody actually wrote them down. Nobody tells you, but, but there's just expected, like, well, a, a good parent does this or doesn't do that or whatever. My wife knows all of those rules, and I'm, I'm not as equipped in that area. So we're at a movie, and we take our kids to the movie, and um, it was called Sing. Has anybody ever seen this movie, Sing? They call it an animated feature. I call it a really long cartoon, but same, same thing. And so we go to see this movie, and it's a holiday, and it's a matinee, and it's a kid's movie, right? You know, it's a cartoon. So we have our kids in there, and I was in charge of holding Eden, our little baby, our 10-month-old baby. So I'm holding Eden in this movie, and she's making normal baby sounds. Like, she's not screaming, she's not crying. She's just, like, kind of cooing and gooing and blurping and making other little sounds here and there that, you know, but they're normal sounds for babies, right? But I still thought, well, you know, there's, we're sitting right next to all these people, so why don't I take her to the back of the auditorium so that it, it won't bother anybody? So I take, take Eden, and I'm standing in the back of the auditorium, and I'm doing like the daddy dance, rocking back and forth, you know, and she's making these little sounds. They're not loud, and they're not obnoxious, and it's not totally silent in there anyway because it's a kid's movie, right? But so anyway, so I'm standing there and just kind of enjoying the movie, and Suddenly, totally unexpectedly, um, a person that was about two rows from the back, maybe two or three rows from the back, stands up, and I'll do it like this, stands up, looks back at me holding the baby, and like, it's it's the sound that you make when you're yelling and whispering at the same time. Have you ever, you know, and she's like, that's not acceptable. And like, she's staring at me like, with these cobra eyes that are like locked in straight into my soul. And she's like, that's not acceptable. And I'm, st- and like, I'm so stunned that a lot of the things that I wanted to say to her would make this story so inappropriate that I wouldn't be able to tell it at church. So I didn't, thank God, say any of those things, but I was so shocked, like I didn't even know what to say. So I didn't say anything because in my mind, I'm going, is this unacceptable? Like, what's the rule? Like, what's the code? You know, it's a kid's movie. It's a matter like, what's the rule? So I'm standing there and, and like, she sees me wilting under her gaze because she sees the uncertainty and fear in my eyes. And so she doubles down and she's like, you have to leave. And so, so I'm like, mm, okay. And so like, like I, I just... So I just leave. I leave the theater. And now I'm standing in the lobby with my baby like, okay, now, like now what happens? Do we just <laughs> sneak into another movie? Do we just wait in the car? Like, I don't know. Um, so I'm standing there literally totally lost and confused in the lobby of the movie theater. And my wife comes out. She comes out and she goes, what's going on, babe? And I go, didn't you hear the, that person hissing at me from like, you know? And she goes, yeah. And that was totally inappropriate. She's like, this is a kid's movie. It's a matinee. It's a holiday. And we're going to take our baby back in this thing. And she takes the baby and she like marches back into the theater. You know? (laughs) So of course, you know, I'm behind her. So now I'm just like, I'll cobra you, you know? Because (laughs) 
In fact, like I wanted to double down as I'm sitting down in the theater, I'm eating my popcorn as loud as I can. I'm slurping my, you know, I'm a parent. Um, <laughs> but there are all these un- unwritten rules, all these codes about parenting. And today we're going to dive into part seven of Kingdom Agenda. We're going to talk about kingdom parenting. Uh, if you're here today and you are not a parent or if your kids are grown and gone, I don't want you to check out of this ser- sermon because as it turns out, parenting is not just for parents. In a faith community, in a spiritual family, everybody's involved. Everybody's engaged. In fact, uh, Barnett did some research recently, and what they were studying are millennials, uh, some of whom stayed in church and stayed engaged in their faith, and some of whom dropped out. And what they found in the research is that those who remain in a faith community were twice as likely to have a close friendship with an adult at church. In other words, the young people that grew up in church that connected with other people other than their parents were more likely to stay engaged in a faith community. In fact, they found that seven out of 10 millennials, people born between the early 80s and early 2000s, who disengaged from church did not have a close friendship with an adult. So when we talk about parenting, it's not just for parents. In a faith community, it's for teenagers, it's for college students with no kids. It's for young adults. It's for gram- grandmas and grandpas or folks who just don't have kids or people who have grown kids and out the door. Because in a faith community, it's, we're all in. We all come together to help raise God's children in our community. Uh, but the, the problem is parenting is, is, is hard, right? It's difficult. It, it, it can be exhausting. And um, you know, every once in a while, uh, my wife will ask me to like put the kids down. Like she's, she's just been cranking with these kids. We've got four kids, four, no, not eight, just four. Um, and she'll be cranking and she'll be like, you know what? I've got to, I've got to tap out. I've got to, so, you know, I'm going to, you put the kids to bed. Now the problem is I'm not a night person. And so I'm like, okay, babe, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put the kids to bed. And so a few months ago, she asked me to put the kids to bed and I said, sure, I'll put the kids to bed. And so I'm trying to get the kids to bed, but I'm kind of drifting down. I'm kind of drooping and kind of, and about an hour later, my wife comes down and she finds me in, in this position right here. Uh, that's what, that's the bunk bed, the lower bunk. That's, I think that's Lincoln right there. I'm not, I'm not positive. Um, it's exhausting parenting. All right. You can kill that picture for me, please. Thank you. Um, it's exhausting, right? And today I know that there are parents here that are single parents and you, you have your own unique challenges in trying to raise a, a child or, or children on your own. Um, some of you are new parents. You got brand new babies. Uh, the, the Lindsay Myers just had a, a baby, um, this week. Yeah. Their parents are, the grandparents are, are here. Um, um, and, you know, new babies, new parents, you're like you're always wondering, am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Am I supposed to let them cry it out or do I keep them close to me? Or, you know, all of these questions, right? Um, adoptive parents, a lot of adoptive parents here. And, you know, and so there's nuances there and, com- and complications and challenges to that. And, 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 and uh, parents uh, of kids with special needs. And, you know, those challenges also come into play or and, and sometimes when we have kids that are a little bit older, then we start to worry, like, did we do it right? Like, are they going down a good path, right? Or, you know, parents that are here that have their kids that are out already, and you're like, did I, did it, was it, did I mess up? Did I blow it? Because maybe my kid is not, my child is not where I would hope that they would be, right? So 
there are all these different kinds of anxieties and stresses and challenges and difficulties with parenting. And the, the confusing part is it's not always clear. It's not written down for us. Uh, you know, when you leave the hospital, they don't go, here's the rule for parenting. Here's the guiding principle for parenting. What's the guiding focus principle that I can understand so that I know how to parent, right? And so some parents, uh, you know, end up with the approach of what I would call mere replication, right? So they have children, they they take care of their, you know, their needs, they're well-fed, they're housed, um, they're sheltered, right? But they're they're so tangled up in their own lives, they're so involved in their own challenges and issues and problems that, that really they're not deeply involved emotionally and sometimes even physically with their kids. And I have a lot of friends who've, who have grown up in homes where the parents were either emotionally or physically distant. And it causes a lot of pain. It causes a lot of hurt to grow up in a, in a home where like you're not sure if you were loved and maybe you feel abandoned by a parent. You know, and so you're, you, you, God can do amazing miracles in your life, but it's, there's a pain there, right? Uh, a second style of parenting uh, that a lot of parents do, and, and maybe you know some of these, are, are parents who are basically reliving the past through their kids. Have you ever seen those parents? Um, there's a show on TV called Dance Moms. Um, that's a good, good example of, of parents trying to live out you know, the disappointment, failures, and mistakes of their own life, trying to redo them through their children, you know, and try to do over, right? I want my child to do better. Or Friday night tykes is another one. You know, it's like the dad that's going, get out there, son, you know, and like, you know, the kid's like, I don't even like football, you know, and, and you know, and, and we're trying to live out our own failures or redo our own failures through our children. Another parenting style that's better than those, um, but still not ideal is um, basically making replacements, responsible replacements for ourselves. Um, And this is a parenting style that I think a lot of parents adopt, and and you're just raising responsible replacements. You're like, I want my kid to be in this school, they gotta go to this activity, they gotta do this, right? And so you're focused on, you know, their academics, which is good, you're focused on uh, their relationships, which is good, and their activities, which is good, right? But a lot of times, if that's it, then those kids come up and they might be super high functioning externally, but there's never been any underlying sense of purpose or meaning behind all of this, all of this activity, all of this performance. And so they end up going, man, I don't even know why I'm even doing this. This is the child that like climbs the ladder, you know, all his life and then gets to the top and finds out it's leaning against the wrong building. You know, they're just like, ah. You know, I've, I've performed and I've done and externally I've shown everybody that I can do all of this, but what is it really? And so today what I want to do is take a few minutes for you parents and for those of you who have any contact or influence with kids, you know, nieces, nephews, friends, kids, or children in our congregation. And, and, I, want to, and I want to explore with you what the Bible says is a core, the core purpose of parenting. The core principle that underlies the purpose of parenting, because when you grasp the why of something, then it gets a lot easier to figure out the how and the what, right? When you understand the purpose, you get a lot of clarity and you get a lot of relief because you can cut through all of the noise, all the parenting noise, all of the theories and ideas and uh, all, all of that noise around 
parenting. And the parenting insight that we're going to get today comes from Moses. This is ancient parenting wisdom from over 3,500 years ago. It's from a sermon that Moses preached. And remember, Moses had a really complicated childhood. If you remember, Moses was born to an Israelite woman who grew up in, who was in Egypt. There was an edict out to kill all of the Egyptian boys. This boy Moses was born and his mom had to put him in a basket and put him in the Nile River because she was afraid of him getting slaughtered by the Egyptians. Pharaoh's daughter finds him, if you remember this story, and, um, and takes him into her home. And so Moses is, is an Israelite. He's, he's an Israelite by birth, but he's raised in an Egyptian home. So there's this conflict. There's this internal conflict in his life. And so his childhood was very challenging, right? So years, 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 years later, he preaches a sermon to the Israelite people, which hundreds of years after that was written down in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 6. And listen to what he says in this passage. The first thing he says is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. One Lord. So basically, he's getting ready to talk about parenting, but he starts with the premise that parenting begins with God. God is the primary source and creator of all things. He is the primary parent. He is the cosmic parent of all that exists. And so if we're going to be parents, we start with him, right? Hero is where the Lord our God is one. And then he starts with the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then he says this, these commandments, this love commandment and all of the commandments that are baked into that, he says uh, that I give you, these commandments are to, de- are to be on your heart. And then he gets into the parenting portion. He says, impress these commandments onto your children. Talk about them, he says, when you sit at home, when you get up, when you go out, when you're doing your thing, talk about these commandments. And then he says something really interesting. He says, tie them as symbols onto your hands and onto your forehead, right? Then he says, write them on your door frames and write them on the posts of your gates. So in this passage from Deuteronomy chapter six, Moses gives us the core principle and purpose of parenting. And then he gives us the practical application of how to actually do it. And this, this passage, when you really tease it apart and explore it, is, is really helpful in terms of clarifying how and what and why to parent. And it's really a relief in terms of giving us some basic core practical application. So I'm going to give you a summary of, of this passage. And this is the one takeaway for you today. The one takeaway for parenting, and this is not just for parents, remember, this is for every single one of us who have any contact with children anywhere. The primary purpose of parenting is to lead your children or to lead the children with whom you have influence into a loving relationship with God through your words and through your actions. That's it. That's the core purpose of parenting. Everything else is attached on to that, but that is the why and that informs everything else, the how, the what. Everything else falls from that. Everything else comes from that. So if that is the core principle that is animating us as parents and animating us as people around children in a faith community, then the question is, how do we actually do it? How do we live it out? And what I love about the scripture is that the how is also just right in the text itself. 
Because the first thing that Moses says is if you want your kids to have a loving relationship with God, then experience it yourself. It starts with you. It starts with you having a loving relationship with God. I don't know if any of you have a friend or family member who like is the world's leading expert on everything domestic and foreign. Does anybody have a friend like that? You know, like they know everything, right? And it's, and, and it's exhausting to be around them because they just, you know? And I have a friend like this and I, and I love him in, in, in small doses and great guy, but he knows everything about everything. You cannot bring up a topic that he doesn't just want to tell you everything about. In fact, I actually feel like totally free to talk about him this morning because I know he will not listen to this sermon because he already knows everything there is to know about parenting. So that's, you know, a, a relief. But, but the, the, the frustration with this friend is that he talks about things that he doesn't actually know about, right? Moses is saying, don't try to lead your kids into a loving relationship with God unless you experience it yourself. Kids are amazing at seeing the gap between what you say and who you are. They're like geniuses at finding that little crack. And they're like, but you said this, but I saw you, right? And they're amazing at it, right? So that's why Moses says you got, it's got to start not with teaching. It doesn't start with instruction. It starts with you. Look at how the scripture starts. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments are give to you today. I want them in your heart. I want them on your heart. So it starts with you. It starts by you experiencing a loving relationship with your creator. That's where it all begins. So if you're here today and you're uh, a parent or uh, somebody who has influence with kids, then I want to challenge you. I want to invite you into this. I want to invite you to step into this and start developing for yourself that loving relationship with God. Maybe your religion is kind of rote and you show up and you do your thing and you check out. And Moses is saying, no, I want you to have that real experience yourself, right? So for you, whatever that step is, if that means making a commitment to Christ or getting baptized or becoming a member of a faith community, a church somewhere, or you know, getting involved in a life group, whatever it is, whatever that step is, I want to invite you into that. Because when you start to have that experience, personal experience of a loving relationship with your heavenly father, then what happens is the thing that happens is you begin to express it. It's not just experiencing it. That's the second part is express it, he says. So talk about it. Say it. You can go to that next slide. Say it. Talk to them. Teach them. Express it to them. Um, If you want to have some fascinating conversations with your children, talk about the Bible. Talk about God. Some really rich, crazy, awesome, wild stuff comes up. I was having a conversation with my son, Jameson, and um, Jameson uh, says to me one day, he says, you know, Dad, um, you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, right? And I go, actually, yes, I do. Um, um, yes, I do, son. And he goes, yeah, but not everybody believes that Jesus rose from the dead, right? And I said, no, that's true. Not everybody believes that. And he says, well, here's what I want to know. He says, um, I don't want to know what people believe. He says, I want to know what actually happened. He goes, I want to know, did he really rise from the dead? I'm not interested in belief. And I said, okay, well, this is a great question, right? I mean, this is actually the question. Um, so, so let's explore this and let's talk about this. And, and I'm getting ready to like, you know, start talking with him about it. And he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I got it. I know how we can find out. And I go, oh, really? How's that? He goes, where's your phone? Let's ask Siri. 
true story. Um, you want to you read some interesting articles, ask Siri if Jesus really rose from the dead. Just try it after church today. Um, so Moses is saying, look, you know, don't just experience this, but go ahead and crack open the conversation. Go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead and express it. Teach your child, right, what it means to have a loving relationship. And if you're afraid to have that conversation because you're afraid that your child might ask you some questions that you can't answer, guess what? They will. They will ask you questions that you're like, I don't know how to answer that. And those are the beautiful moments. Those are the moments where, you know, they start to develop and grow in their faith and you continue to grow and develop in your faith. Now, we experience it, we express it, but it doesn't actually start to take root in their life unless we exhibit it, right? We start living it out ourselves. We start practicing it everywhere we go because the kids know, they know that if you're saying it but not living it, they're not buying it. That's it. I, I used to, uh, when I first started practicing law when I was a, when I was a lawyer years ago, uh, I started at a firm and I knew nothing about anything and you know, I was like, I don't even know why they're paying me. They shouldn't even pay me at this point because I didn't know anything and um, they had a mentoring program at my firm and so they would put these new lawyers with these experienced partners and so they connected me with a partner, a guy named Mark Ledloff, who is a brilliant lawyer, great litigator, you know, super smart, awesome guy, just an amazing, amazing lawyer. And uh, as a lawyer, we would sometimes, they would also give you like a Starbucks card and they would say, okay, you mentor and mentee, go hang out, talk and stuff like that. So that was fine and that was good. So we would go to Starbucks and talk about lawyering stuff, right? But I tell you what I, where I really learned it is I would be in my office and I would get a, a, an instant message or an email or a call from Mark and he'd be like, hey man, I'm getting ready to jump on a conference call. Why don't you come down and just sit in my office and watch and listen? And I'd be like, okay, great. He's like, okay, I'm gonna run to court. Why don't you just hop in the car and go with me? I'm gonna go do this deposition. Why don't you just come and sit beside me, right? Just hold some papers and look, you know, like you're doing something. You know what I mean? Like, because what he was saying is, I can tell you, I mean, I could talk to you and tell you all this stuff, right? But you're not going to learn it unless you're watching somebody do it. I'm going to do it, and then you're going to model it, right? That's why Paul used to always say, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, I'm going to just do it, and then you guys do it, right? And, and that's what it means to parent, right? That's what it means to, to, to have this experience, experience it yourself, express it, and then exhibit it, live it out. Look, look how Moses puts it in the, in, at the end of this passage. He says, this, these truths, these commandments, tie them as symbols onto your hands and then tie them like onto your foreheads and put them on the do- doors of your house, on the doorposts, and then put them on your gates. You know what he's saying when he says tie them to your hands? He's meaning do it, put it into practice. Actually go out and be a person who lives according to this principle. When he says put it on your foreheads, he's saying think it right? Have it, have it trickle into your attitude and the way you interact with people. He says, do it in your, in your doorpost. He's saying, live it out in your home, right? That's your church. You know, that's, that's, your, that's where you're your pastor, you know, like live it out in front of them. On the gates, he says, what that means is, you know, as you leave and as you go out into the community, live this out, put this into practice, this experience, this expression, and, and this ex- exhibition of what it means to love God and to have a loving relationship with God. And I want to say this to you as we get ready to close, close out here. This is 
not a, an extra thing to add to your already burdensome duties. This is a thing to replace your burdensome duties. This is a thing that lays at the very heart of who you are as parents and as people around children. Experience this yourself because you'll not only have a clarity in terms of what to do, but you'll have a relief in the midst of it. If you're here today and you're going, look, I'm, a, I'm not a parent and I am, um, and so I'm not even sure how to apply this, right, daily in my daily life right now. There are all kinds of ways to apply it. I'm going to give you three that you can apply in our congregation, but there are hundreds that, of ways that you can apply elsewhere. But one of the ways that if you want to serve kids and make a difference in the lives of children, you can do that in our congregation three ways. One is through children's ministry. We have an amazing children's ministry right here. Um, and I got to tell you, man, if I wasn't otherwise occupied at 8.30 and 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, I'd be up there. I'd be up in the family center right now hanging out with those guys because they're awesome. They are amazing. And you learn as much as you give. You gain more than you give. You come out of there and you are ecstatic. Lois Truman is our children's ministry director. I see her right here. Lois, raise your hand. She's amazing. She is awesome. Children's ministry. Uh, Another way that you can get involved and, and make a difference in the lives of people, of children, is through our student ministry. We've got a ton of 6th to 12th graders right now that are in the lobby. They're hanging out there. They're doing Bible study. It's awesome. And then on Thursday nights, they go to Catalyst and they, they party and they laugh and they have fun and then they, they get deep in the Word. And it's just awesome. So if you want to get involved there, get involved there. A third way is we call it Homework Club. And this is where we serve the kids that are not necessarily at our church, but out in the community. We do a tutoring program at Flynn Park Elementary School. And, and it's at 3.15 every Wednesday. And it is awesome. And I tell you, man, those kids will get a hold of your heart. So if you're free in the afternoons, if you're retired or a student or have a you know, different work schedule, just let us know. Put it on a connection card and one of our leaders will reach out to you. But we, we went there, I was there two weekends or two Wednesdays ago and I'm sitting there with this kid and we're doing multiplication tables and he's really struggling and I totally am connecting with him because I struggled with multiplication. It was like the hardest thing in my life and so I, I get him and we're doing these multiplications or whatever and I said, I gave him some stuff to take home. I go, hey man, if you take this home and you do this and bring it back, I'll, you know, you know, what do you want? I'll give you some kind of a, a reward or something, you know, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, what's he, I, I said it, and then I thought, was that a smart thing to say? Because he might say, like, a new bicycle or an iPad or something. I'm like, well, um, but he says, uh, let me think, let me think. He goes, um, I'd like a bag of hot fries, and I'm like, done, hot fries, 89 cents, family dollar, done, perfect, and so he got his hot fries last week, so, but, but these are just ways to get involved if you, if you don't have kids to apply this. If you're here and you're a parent, here's what I want to say for you. The application for you is, is kind of like one kind of condensed application. One is clear out the noise and just focus on loving God and experiencing his love for you and then letting that spill out to your kids. The second part of that is take a huge deep breath because God's mercy and God's grace and God's favor is on you and you don't have to be a perfect parent. In fact, I find it interesting that the one designation, the one title, the most famous title that Jesus, that, that, that God rather gives himself in the Bible is Father. It's in our prayer, right? He's saying, I'm gonna be that perfect parent. I'm giving myself a parental title. Why? Because I know what you need. Every single one of you, you need unconditional love. 
You need perfect justice. You need, you know, you need perfect security. And none of you will ever receive it from your own parents because your parents are just parents. They're incapable of doing all of that. And you're incapable of doing all of that. And so God says, but good thing is I'm going to be your father. So I'm going to extend myself to you as father. So you parents, I want to just give you a moment to just take a breath and go, okay, I don't have to do this perfectly. I don't have to be 100% perfect. I'm going to experience this love of God and focus on giving that to my kids. But I'm not going to, you know, you know, just beat myself up if I'm not a perfect parent, right? Today, I would say to you this. If you have pain in your past because of the way your own parents raised you, I want to invite you to forgive them today and to rush into the loving arms of your heavenly father. Rush into his arms. If you're here today and you are full of anxiety and guilt and shame and dread about the way that you have parented or are parenting and you're unsure about that, I want to say to you, focus on experiencing the love of God, accept his forgiveness, and then focus on moving forward and exhibiting his love to your kids. If you're here today and your kids are already grown and gone and you're going, I don't know, they're out of my control and I don't know if I did it right, there's a heavenly father that's in pursuit of them right now. You didn't have to have done it right. He is in pursuit of them. He's your heavenly father and he's going after those kids himself. What does it look like when we as a community do this, when we embrace this principle, when we accept it, when we experience it, express it and and, and exhibit it? It looks like dysfunctional families becoming devotional families. It looks like bitterness and strife in the home becoming blessedness in the home. It looks like the stress of parenting becoming the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. When we focus on the primary purpose, which is to experience the love of God in our own lives and to lead our children into a loving relationship with their heavenly Father. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you, God, for instruction. Thank you, God, for every parent that is here today. God, I pray for every single parent that's here today that they would experience your grace, your mercy, your strength, your power as parents. Guide them and lead them with clarity. And Lord, let them experience the relief of knowing that you are our heavenly father and you are here to pick us up when we fail, to take care of those mistakes when when we make those mistakes, to forgive us and wash us clean and to lead our children to you. God, I pray for every every person here that is not a parent. I pray, Lord God, that you would put a a desire in their heart to become a, a, a a leader of children, to become someone who recognizes the influence that they have on children, whether they even know it or not, that they might actually live this out, God, that they might live out these principles, that our church might be a place where children are nourished and teenagers are nourished and young people are nourished and strengthened and fortified and grown in the faith. And then they become pillars of strength to their own friends and to their own community and to their own families, God. Let us, Lord, accept this principle, know you as our Father, and then live it out 
in every area of our life, in our schools, in our churches, at our jobs, with our friends, in the community at large. Let us be a beacon of hope and a beacon of light to all of those around us. And Father, may you ultimately receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Joy is going to lead us in a song today. Uh, Joy is uh, from Japan, and she's going to lead us in a song that's both in English and Japanese that says, God is working for our good. Stand together and sing with us now and come and worship as you will. Amen. Sunday. Go out knowing that God is working for your good.
And let's continue to keep God in our hearts and our minds as we go out. God is great.